Hey there. Welcome to the in between. We're so glad you're with us here. We're we're actually we're recording this on March first, which, if you didn't know, important is National Pig Day, mm-hmm. and we got uh, delivered some uh, tasty pigs in a blanket from our one of our very favorite listeners, Mister Pig himself, Alan Pig. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. Always. Out. Always a pleasant uh, breakfast option. Um, the old pigs in a blanket. Um, I mean that's just hilarious. I love I love the embracing of the. I mean, what what can you do? Like National Pig Day. National Pig Day. In honor of National Pig Day, I'm going to tell you my favorite pun. Um. So, uh, my mom told me this when I was a little kid, and it didn't make any sense to me. So, perfect. It's, it's that kind of joke. Uh, so um, it's actually a story about Alan. So Alan, being the master punner that he is, um, had some friends get upset with him one time, and so they locked him in a closet. And they said, dude, we're not letting you out unless you can pun this door. And so Alan said from inside the closet, oh, pun the door. Get it? That's a good one. And now, like any good dad joke, to make it meaningful, you got to explain it <laughs> to at least half the people. No, you don't have to. At least half the people don't get it. And o- that, that open good, the door. Yeah. Open. O- open the door. See, now it's a good dad open joke. Open the. Never mind. Nope. Alan perfect. got it. That's perfect. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, I didn't get it either when I was a kid. So, um. We're back in the saddle. We both missed last week because uh, first Paul was sick and then I was sick. Yeah. And I stayed sick for basically yeah. the entire week. Um, so uh, for those of you that are um, not feeling well, I feel you right now. That was, it's been going around and it's pretty nasty. So just sorry about that, guys. Um, I did not have COVID. You did not have COVID. No. There are other sicknesses. I told one of my friends that I was sick, and he was like, oh, you got the COVID. I was like, no, I didn't. He's like, is there any other sickness right now? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, there are. But, um, so sorry we missed you. But um, we got to hear last week from uh, John, Sherman. John Sherman, Pastor John Sherman, Pastor Sherm. Yeah. Which is evidently what he's called by a lot of a lot people. of people. Yeah. I I had no I thought it was like because yeah. there is some weird overlap of yeah Elizabeth Smith who's on staff here yeah worked he, for him but indirectly through another guy at Pine Cove yeah we know at least uh, and I know I had overlapped with another guy who had worked with them at Pine Cove yeah and then even our very own Jason Wallace here who's on our leadership board worked for him at one point and yeah. so there was a lot of like overlap and so they and kept he saying worked, and he worked with uh, Chris. Yeah, and they were the interns in the closet, and <laughs> which I thought was hilarious when he said that. I was like, "We got Sher- one of those." Sherm, do you know we have people working in closets right now? Yeah, I made eye contact <laughs> with Micah in the second service, <laughs> and he was like, "What's that about?" <laughs> like, yeah, good, good call, good call. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was just kind of like a oh well, surely because these people have worked with him closely or know him well. That's that that's like a nickname. Yeah, a nickname for like the inner crowd. 
but nope, nope. apparently everybody. Pastor yeah. Sherm. Pastor Sherm. So, and he did a fantastic job talking about uh, Psalm 142. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you that have been at this church for a while may have recognized Psalm 142. I don't know if 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 everybody remembers that like distinctly. Um, but we've actually gone over Psalm 142 before, and it's um, uh, Pastor Sherm did a fantastic job for the same reason that we went over it before. We we actually talked about this when we talked about suicide mm-hmm. um, uh, at the church, and it's because of um, how directly it, the the one of the words that. Um, I think it's translated uh, that my spirit is low within me mm-hmm. is the word depressed. Yeah. Faints um, within me, low within me. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so maybe if that, uh, if, if some of the messaging of that sounded familiar, it's because you've, you have heard it before, but um, he did a great job. I, I wasn't here, but I have listened uh, to most of it on online. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did a really good job, and and even fun of like there's the because I I had known a lot of overlap. There's a lot of connecting points and a lot of people that we both knew, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a we've never met. But it was one of those very very quickly. You know, you get there and you have the normal like stress of everything else that's going on, the moving, the shaking of a Sunday morning, right? And then him showing up, and you want to make sure like he's welcomed. He has microphone. You know, all the different like technical sides of yeah, just getting things done. Um, but it was just like an old buddy showed up. I mean, he was just so laid back, non-assuming. I mean, just casual and, and really was just kind of like, yeah, I'm, it, he was grateful for just the opportunity to share God's word. And so it was just, that's amazing. Even in that. And so I, you know, a lot of people don't get that side of, they just get the, whatever's on stage, you know, right. kind of presentation. Right. And then those that are, you know, kind of getting to interact around the outside or afterwards or whatever, or before kind of get the, not just on stage presence, but the, the real thing. Yeah. The real presence. And, and, and it is a hard thing. A lot of times in public speaking and the normal thing of like, you get up on stage and things can click where now all of a sudden a little bit different of a mantra can come out or a little bit different yeah. of a persona can be in demonstrated. Right. Nope. He was the same guy. That's amazing. In the beginning, as he was on stage, I think I love that. You know, you as you listen, if you heard it, or if you go back and listen to it, you know he he almost kept asking permission, or he did. He really did. He kept asking permission. You know, can I share this with you, church? You know, can I can can this be okay for me to you know kind of make this right? And, and so I even in between, because before he was that same kind of non-assuming, you know, kind of non. I'm not coming in with my agenda. Right. I'm just coming in to do whatever we can do and let's worship the Lord together and, and share his word. And so even in between services, when I made comment on just his genuineness, cause he just asked, he was like, anything we need to do different, anything, you know, we need to change or how was that? And, and was just kind of commenting on, you know, just his, just gentleness. I felt like it was just extreme gentleness. I was like, you're, you're, making some very clear clarion calls Mm. and you are doing so with just the invitation of the congregation. Like you're seeking their invitation to say, yes, Pastor Sherman, we want you to tell us this, tell us what we need to know. And, and he was just like, it was really, really just interesting again as, as how quickly he was to say, uh, he's like, yeah, it's not my church. It's Pastor Chris's church. 
And if I was Pastor Chris, yeah, I wouldn't ask invitation because they've already invited me. So I just tell them. <laughs> and he goes, but I'm not, I'm not Pastor Chris. I'm, I'm filling in. So they haven't invited me. Chris invited me. So I'm going to ask them. And then we're going to be on the same page. There you go. Now I'm going to tell them. And it, but again, it was, it was really, really good. That's fantastic humility. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, I, I don't know um, if you can imagine this anytime you go to another church, um, especially if you're on staff at a church, there's a lot of insecurity that can kind of creep in there yeah. and be like, Oh, I don't, uh, I, these, they don't know me. I don't know them. Like, uh, they're used to one style. I'm not that style. I am, yeah. I am not, you know, nobody's Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris is not anybody else. Um, and it's just that like, you can, you can be faced with a lot of different, uh, fears inside of that. And it's really nice, um, to, um, be able to interact with somebody who's not bound up by that, but instead is freed in the Holy spirit to say what is, you yeah. know, in front of them. So, yeah. And really then he grateful. was appreciative. I mean, he, one, he expressed appreciation to the congregation, um, which was mm. again, uh, very, very genuine and, and probably a muted. And, and we echo. Yeah. Uh, and probably muted in how he expressed it to the congregation. Cause he was really just thanking the congregation for giving Chris sabbatical mm-hmm. and recognizing even how rare that was. Um, but even privately when we were talking again, either before or after, I can't remember, but, uh, he, he was, you know, kind of reiterating or asking, you know, what are the terms, how much are you giving the Chris and, and the church? And, and when I walked him through our system, because it's not only just Chris, our lead pastor gets right. a sabbatical, which again, isn't always the normal. It's not. And it is generous and it is generous in the amount and in what they do in the time just for the lead pastor, but then to explain all the pastoral staff also get to participate in this. All the ministerial staff have another level in which they get to participate this. And Mm -hmm. then all the associate ministerial staff also get a level in which they participate in this. And then, and he said, Nope, I don't know anybody else. He's like you out of all my experience, you, this is the first time I've ever heard a structure that goes that far deep with sabbaticals. And, he, and again, he was just over the moon about the generosity of the church in that. So, so way to go church. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. Um, but he, he, again, he was commenting on, uh, the Chris being out and again, the generosity of the church to, to be able to extend that, mm-hmm. you know, for them to, to offer, but then also was just kind of expressing his own appreciation and genuous, you know, genuineness towards just getting the opportunity to come and share and be a small part of support. And so that was, Mm. that was kind of cool too, to see, you know, a glimpse into apparently a connection as they shared that closet many, many years ago, (laughs) um, that he, he was proud of the church giving that. And you could tell in a very humble way, he was so appreciative to be a part of the support that meant Chris got to be on sabbatical. So that was kind of fun to get to connect with them about that too. That's fantastic. Yep. We, uh, we get another blast from Chris's past actually this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Kent Pate is coming. Um, and which I always want to say Ken Pate, no, Kent, different guy. Yeah. There is a Ken, <laughs> there Pate, is a Ken Pate and he is also accomplished in academia. Yeah. But this is a different one. Kent Pate. Kent Pate. Um, uh, he, 
uh, right now is the director of Re- Rehoboth or Rehoboth. I don't know how to say it. I just tried to look it up in Hebrew from Genesis. Uh huh. And it and if we were probably good Hebrews, right, we would have thrown the ch, so it would have been rech or both rech both. Okay, well I'm not so. Rehoboth. So we're in East Texas. <laughs> He's from Rehoboth. <laughs> Ray Rehoboth. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, uh, Baptist association. Um, but before he was the executive director of that, he was, uh, he's been a pastor in a bunch of different places. One of which is Nacogdoches. Yep. Northwood Baptist church, Northwood Baptist church in Nacogdoches where, um, under his tutelage were two young men named Robert Lance, Robert Lance, Christopher Michael, Robert Lance Sturrock and Christopher Michael leg. um, which I don't know if he ever had to use all three names on either one of those guys, but <laughs> probably Chris, not. Yeah, Lance is probably Lance, in line. Lance, probably not, but um, I can only imagine. Um, but uh, he was uh, their pastor when they were, I guess, in the youth. Yeah. Um, and I think as it goes, Chris was in junior high. Yeah. And Lance was like a freshman. Yeah. When they started together or something. Or like. Yeah, soft. Something. I don't know. Something. Yep, close. He was in high school. He was in middle school, high school. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, it'll be um, fun as he comes in. And he's going to come in and talk about Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from one understanding of the comfort of God to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and super fascinating again, and I, I think, Pastor Sherm did such a good job in this mm-hmm. and just the clear, clear call and the clear admonition of whatever it is and however you are, the Lord welcomes it. Mm. And this, this again, when we were talking about back a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the different genres of Psalms and we talked about the laments, um, this idea that, you know, a, ca- a category in and of itself is to proclaim to the Lord mm. what is wrong or to proclaim in the Lord what feels wrong mm-hmm. or what feels off and, and wherever kind of the state of brokenness where you would say, I wish this was different. I wish this wasn't the case. And yet the Lord uh, welcomes it. It's actually even kind of going back through and looking at some things. Um, Edward, Dr. Edward Curtis, uh, in his kind of breakout of all the different genres of the Psalms, lists that laments, actually outnumber every other kind of psalm in the Psalter. Um, so almost a third of the psalms belong to the lament category, or at least so have a char- have at least a characteristic of lament within the psalm. They're not the majority, but they are the minority majority. They are the, like they're not over half. Sorry, so at least a third belong, like, yeah. belong truly as the entire thing could say it's a lament element and at least an over half have a containment of okay. a lament yeah that within makes them. sense yeah. yeah absolutely i was trying to quote i was reading directly quoting from him but it, in in his commentary or article of it the place of lament in christian life it it says that it says that there really are containments of laments in over half the psalms and then for the full psalm being an entire lament, at least a third represent that. That makes sense. Um, this was always my favorite book. You know, I mean, I know I'm a musician and blah, 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 but mm-hmm. like 
I've spent a lot of time reading through the Psalms um, as as a young angsty teen, <laughs> um, and and then a young angsty twenty year old, and then a young angsty thirty year old, and um, I just connect very deeply with the mm-hmm. the pain that a lot of um, these Psalms uh, are are relating and. Psalm 23, it's easy to like shove it off as the psalm that we all know. Like that's the one that, if you know a psalm, Mm -hmm. you know Psalm 23 or at least part of it. Um, uh, And I I just want to make sure that we don't do that while we're yeah while we're listening to it. Yeah, the danger of familiarity when it comes to the study of the Bible and you're like, Oh, well, I got that. I, one. I know move that. on. Yeah. I, I know this part. Let's yeah. not, not read it or let's skip over it. Cause I know this part. And, um, it was actually, we were talking about, um, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about Shane and Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, because they uh, were in town recently doing, they were in concert. town recently. Um, I, Paul got to go. I missed it because I was sick. Um, and I am very sad about that. Thank you, Andy Newberry, for inviting me to that. But um, that was really hard to miss because um, Psalm 23, uh, I, I some people at the church have heard me say the, like, relating the, like, um, when we've talked about Psalm 23 before, the I'm a professional wanter thing. I got that from Shane Bernard. Like, he's the one who yeah. said that first. Yeah. Um, he... I, I very much feel that. And, and the first two sentences of Psalm 23 are the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, Mm. or I don't need anything. I don't need, I don't need. Um, and man, if I could, if I could live out those two lines, Mm Mm-hmm my life would be very different from what you see yeah, all on of a daily ours. basis. Yeah. So um, I'm going to read, gonna read it? Psalm 23. Read it? I'm going to read it um, uh, in the message, though, um, in order to try to Good deal. not have the same uh, language. I, I want you to hear it. So um, if you need to go back and read it in another so, so that your brain goes back to feels normal again after this, I totally understand. But in order to kind of, probe a little bit. Um, I'm going to read it um, from the message. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Mm. I mean, that's number one that rendition is so different from, you know, the, yep. What I'm, what I'm used to 
what I what I have memorized, I guess, that it it kind of it just took me out of it, and I was like, oh wait, did I get all of it? Like, was that all of it? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you keep expecting the um kind of the the like you were saying the mantras of uh what what you're used to hearing and um i think if we if we if we look at it um from a different perspective and try to strip away some of our mm-hmm. what we're used to in it then we can really see the the deep breath that I think Psalm 23 is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was even looking. So Dr. Kinder um, in his commentary on this has a quote that I had noted uh, alongside of it in which he says, depth and strength underlie the simplicity of this Psalm. And this is what I highlighted. It's peace, not escape. It's contentment, not complacency. Yeah. And that, kind of contradiction oh man it's peace not escape it's contentment not complacency there's a readiness to face deep darkness and imminent attack and the climax reveals a love which homes towards no material goal but the lord himself and again this idea of like moving off of the the concept of these lament psalms or even these psalms that contain a notion of lament Mm. that there there's a readiness to face deep darkness and imminent attack and coming off of, again, a sermon series through First Peter, how great is it to get to kind of have these nods in the Psalms to remind us of that as mm. we've looked towards suffering and we've looked towards what's the Christian response to that and this, you know, idea that we're, we're all so tempted to just seek the escape, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. We would, we would love to just see in the, you know, when we look at the politics of the world and we look at the events and the uh, of the world and what's going on, and we just love to just wish there was just the not the that ceasing, this just yeah. stopped that this wasn't the case, and and that makes sense in a in a simple human mind, mm. um, but greater than our mind, our our thoughts aren't his thoughts, our ways aren't his ways, and yet he can say even in doing this, I'm going to carry you through, and so to have as that Christian mindset amidst suffering, I'm not just looking for the stop of suffering, mm-hmm. I get to look through a contentment in suffering, a peace, you know, again, in this suffering rather than just the escape or the complacency with it. Mm. For sure. That we, that our, our peace is not dependent on that. Mm-hmm. Our, our hope is not dependent on the world figuring it out or that we yeah. yeah, that's so good. And this psalm, this psalm, you know, many argue of, is this a messianic psalm? You know, is this pointing directly, yeah. you know, kind of to Christ as Savior? And and whereas, you, you know, you look at John and you look at uh, this, this idea of the good shepherd um, coming out of John 10, uh, specifically, you yeah. know, clearly Jesus claims to be the good shepherd. Right. And, you know, the, the question, and again, it's always just fun and in this type of study, uh, because again, either outcome probably still highlights the truth of it. Is Jesus looking back, claiming this for himself, or is this written back pointing Toward. to Jesus yeah. specifically? Both. Yeah. And, and you can make the argument either yeah. way. And I understand, I understand the difference of, you know, what, what many want to say of the, of 
why this isn't necessarily a messianic psalm. But either way, when you come to the conclusion, even if it's not messianic, you can't deny this point doesn't point into the direction of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so if this isn't pointing to Jesus alone, this clearly is pointing to an archetype of Jesus that he then fulfills and claims in himself. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, and in that way, it kind of feels like a fruitless argument that it's like, Right. Like, why, right, right, why are we... That's what I'm saying. Like, ah, it's yeah. just fun for academia. It's oh, not absolutely. practicality in life. No, you still it, come down on yeah, the same side. Yeah, you still come down on the side that this is, uh, you know, he <laughs> he has fulfilled all of Scripture. Yeah. Um, he is the fulfillment of... of We get to see God clearly mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. And if the Lord is my shepherd, then the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that's yeah, that's and be and be real fantastic. fun to see how Doctor Pate deals with you know kind of the breakdown or what he chooses to highlight um, because what we'll, what we do clearly see again if this is the Psalm pointing to the Lord, the Lord claiming it Himself as the Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Man, what a great message that'll be so fun to celebrate as the Shepherd provides rest and guidance, provides protection, provides food. Mm-hmm. And then provides fellowship with God, you know those four things, uh, especially again in in times like this. How how great could it be to to stop and to pause and say, well, we at least have a shepherd, we at least have somebody leading us through that. You know, if we I may not know where my food's coming from, but I know the one who's going to give it to me. Yeah, I may not understand and may not feel protected. Yeah, I don't I don't know where my protection's coming. It, yeah, maybe yeah. I have less certainty in the. Yeah. Nations to provide and not war and rage. Yeah. Nope. I know one who can give me protection above that. Yeah. Um, I may feel restless and I may feel anxious and I may feel tired, but nope. One is going to guide me. One is going to give me rest. And the same one is going to provide for the fellowship that we can have with God and him alone. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. So good. We look forward to it and we uh, look forward to seeing y'all be encouraged. (laughs) 